today on Geekdemim Powers. So by this time, uh, I brought framed five by sevens to the convention, and they sold out in the in the first half of the first day. And I was like, "Whoa, what is happening here?" So from there, I just said, "You know, like let me." I split another table with somebody, and I sold out. And then I said, "You know, I'm getting my own table now." And I got to another convention. This one is in Anaheim called WonderCon, and uh, 2013. And I sold out every day. And I had to go buy more frames. I had to go home and print more art. And It was seriously a, a huge shock to me. I, I was just counting my earnings and just crying. I'm like, wow. "This is real. They actually, this is really happening." <laughs> so um, that's when I I said, "Okay, I'm going to sign up for another convention, and I'm going to quit my job." <laughs> You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back. My name is Guy Hasson, and you are listening to Geekdom Empowers. Geekdom Empowers is the podcast that highlights creators and fans in the geek world who do not often get to be highlighted. It's these people. It is us who make up almost all of the geek world. By talking to each person, by hearing their stories, Geekdom Empowers creates a huge, giant, world-sized quilt of the geeks all around the world. Each person is a story, and together we are one story, one huge geekverse quilt. Our guest today is Jay Salvador, creator of Super Emo Friends. In case you don't know what that is, well, we're going to talk about it, and you can Google it or click on the link in the show notes. But my favorite three are. Jean Grey looking sad and saying, "Stop killing me," or the Hobgoblin looking sad and saying, "I miss Daddy," and the third one, the Hulk looking sad saying, "Mad makes sad." <laughs> I love those, and as you can see, I grew up on Marvel. Anyway, Jay's journey is quite amazing, and we're going to talk all about it. I'll just say that since the last episode, I got COVID. I'm all right. I got sick, but it wasn't too bad. I was vaccinated. I'm generally healthy. I didn't get it too bad, and I'm almost 100% better. But I think my voice sounds like I have a cold. Plus, when I recorded this interview a couple of weeks ago, I did have a cold. So hopefully, you can live with how that sounds. The interview is worth it, and I'm better now. So as soon as I'm 100%, we'll get back to regularly scheduled podcasting. And now here's Jay Salvador. Can you tell me a little bit? About your origin story? Yeah, my origin story. Uh, well, I guess it would be of the Super Emo Friends, the art series that I I made. Even before uh, that, I, even before that, like childhood. Oh, as, oh my as childhood. As a geek or as a, or as a, you know, to do Super Emo Friends, you had you have to have knowledge in uh, in all those things. So uh, yeah, I had to walk this long journey. <laughs> Um, I, I started out just uh, I have some early drawings when I was a kid. Uh, I, I would love drawing like skeletons and monsters and uh, I would play a lot of video games so I would I'd redraw all those characters and creatures in video games. So I was always really interested in, in fantasy characters and character design and um, I wasn't ever really huge into comic books. Honestly, um, 
my my dad is from Mexico. I actually read a lot of Mexican comics growing up, and uh, those those aren't really so much superheroes or anything. They're more like cowboys and and uh, you know just other cartoon characters and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I was just mostly interested in and drawing my own comics all the time and writing little stories and playing with toys and GI Joes. So I was always being creative in, in that field with characters. And then uh, as I got older, I just kept drawing and people always just loved my, my art. So I, I just kept doing it. I took a lot of art classes and painting classes, sculpting classes. Um, Can I ask and- you how, like, Obviously, you have a need to, to draw, right? Uh, yeah. But at what stage did it pass from, you know, this is just something I do to this is something I want my future to be about? Like, was it at this stage where you took more classes or? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I ended up just kind of going into the whole film director world of like, oh, I want to make movies. I want to um, write stories and, and uh, really develop you know like cool characters and stuff like that so mm. I, I ended up um, aside from art and learning all photoshop and learning how to just draw on the computer and make graphic designs on the computer I was I was going to film school and learning videography and learning editing and learning motion graphics so I was just soaking that all up and uh, then so that was kind of the idea it was like oh maybe I'll be an animator or you know, get into special effects or something. So I was really kind of reaching towards that universe as far as like my career direction. But um, in college, uh, so I went to college for for film and I, I, at some point I just got burnt out by staring at computers all day. And I fell back into my love of painting. And then, that it became a tangible piece that, you know, people were like willing to buy. And the concept was new to me. I was like, oh, I can sell paintings <laughs> because it was really hard even back before YouTube, it was hard to just sell, you know, media, um, whether it was digital or analog, uh, where I need a whole crew and people. And this was just a painting that I could do by myself and somebody would buy it. So that was just appealing to me. So I was like, you know what? I, I really love painting. So I'm going to go to my job. And at, you know, this was my mid twenties, like I had gotten out of college and started working in the industry, just looking at computer screens and doing motion graphics on computers. But at night I'd come home and just start painting it's like, I want to be creative after work, but I don't want to look at, at a computer. So getting the tangibility of like water and paint and canvas and brushes was really like, it was really nice, uh, a nice break. So from is it there- more than that? Well, like, is it more than that? Is it also the physical aspects of touching and feeling, you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and that's where I'm at now today. I'm, I'm, I'm actually helping a friend I got a, kind of a part-time gig uh, flipping a house right now I'm helping him you know put in doors and lay down floors and stuff mm-hmm. like that so I also became a carpenter during COVID but um, uh, yeah I really love using my hands I love sculpting I love building 
and uh, painting, obviously. So uh, that that world to me, the, the more tangibleness as the world is talking about NFTs and all this kind of stuff, I've I was already like, but that involves computers. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I've I've always been more uh, prone to just run towards the uh, the the hand made, you know. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, in the future, NFTs could also be about that. I think um, you just add a contract to it, and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. So how how did so. Then uh, emo friends happened. Yeah, so I was um, just painting uh, anything I could. I was just trying to figure out a theme. I was trying to figure out well, what do people like? What do I like? What works for me? And um, it, back in the day, I was just kind of enchanted with uh, Japanese uh, cartoons and manga and the culture of kawaii, which is like big head, little body, chibi. Um, and I, I love the, the well, kind let, of well, let's. Am I going to stop you on certain things that I think yeah. we can talk about? How is it called? What's it called? Kawaii, Kawaii, yeah, it's K A W um, A I I. And what and is the culture behind it? It's just cute, it's a uh, it's Japanese. Um, if you go to Japan and you see a cute little cartoon character. Um, it's it's called kawaii like that's the that's the aesthetic of it so um, like hello kitty is kawaii you know like the big head and and she's really cute and it makes all the girls go oh it's so cute so like it's like puppies you know like that that feeling that you get when you see a cute little thing like a little tomato with a face on it or something so that that to me that aesthetic was was really something i was just attracted to in design so i started drawing uh everything in that style <laughs> so i would take things like that were my favorite like uh i love films so i would draw like the big lebowski or ghostbusters um and but i just draw them with big heads and make them cute and uh so from there I just started doing paintings like that and well I was having a, a a little party with friends and one day you know we were just talking about how how sad Batman was and he's like oh well because his parents are dead you know like what if and it just gave me that idea like I'm just going to paint a cute a kawaii little Batman saying my parents are dead and uh, I, I thought it was cute and funny and it's kind of like dark. And then, um, and, and then I was just like, you know, there's other characters too, like Spider-Man. And, you know, I just went off this superhero thing just based on a conversation with a friend. And uh, over one weekend, I painted 12 comic book characters with some sort of ironic sadness to them, like rogue uh she, her power is like everything she touches she like absorbs the life out of it and so she's incapable of like cuddling without like hurting somebody so she's just cute and sad and says i just want to cuddle and um it really like touched people they really loved it they responded so i was gonna originally sell the paintings 
just by themselves and somebody at my work uh was just like no man you need to make like prints of these and sell prints because these are amazing and i'm like what are you talking about like prints so uh yeah i had a friend who just collected art and he told me well this is what other artists do so maybe you give it a shot so i did that and um it ended up getting on a blog that i followed i was like hey i made these paintings and then and then it went viral and i sold out immediately and i it was just like a like i got hit with a with you know the money train i'm like what is happening here like people like this <laughs> so it became like well let me paint more of them then well and, let's go through that process though slowly yeah. so the original paintings like origin just with one one per one yeah inch, which, right? it was just a single i had 12 different characters So in my mind, that was 12 paintings and that's all that I was going to get, you know? Yeah, hold on. I also say for people who don't know, you know, there'll be a link to your website, but, you know, you've got a Hulk one that says mad make sad. Yeah. Harley Quinn <laughs> being sad, saying he doesn't love me. Yeah. Jean Grey says, stop killing me. Mm -hmm. Iron Man <laughs> says, money is so expensive. Uh, and so on and so on. Um, Yeah, it's just, just like a kind of an endless well of, uh, of fun, ironic kind of humor that I got to just play with. Yeah. And, and then so you created copies, like digital copies, scans or something, right? Uh, well, this is before like the NFT situation. So I was physically getting them printed mm. and mailing them out to people. That was what they was available to purchase. It was like, A print of my my original paintings so um i had i held on to those paintings until uh recently when covid hit um and all the conventions were canceled and i was like oh i don't know what i'm gonna do so i was like hey the world might end so my paintings are available now <laughs> so i finally sold the originals but i held on to them for over 12 years yeah and um but but well, that I want to go I, I want to go back to that first before and during that yeah. hitting the blog and going viral like what did you do yeah. and then how did you get in the blog and then like step by step what happened so my friend told me like make prints of these and at the time I had a Etsy story if you guys know Etsy there's like a, yeah. a shop online artists and it's Back then, there wasn't so many. That, this was like 2008, 2009. And uh, I, had, I was making like little pins, like those pin back pins are really cheap. And uh, so I'd, I'd made like one print here or there, but I, it wasn't really a business model for me at the time. I didn't even sell the originals there. I was also showing at a gallery. But um, so my friend told me like, look, make make a like 20 of each character and number them and sign them and put them on your Etsy store mm. and like okay that's simple enough so I did that now there's a blog that I followed I really loved it's uh, it's still active it's called uh, super punch and it, it, it's actually the a blog that my coworker had introduced me to so it's just kind of like a a geek blog of like hey check out this toy hey check out these like me well now it's more memes too but 
back in 2009, it was just simpler, you know. <laughs> so um, I, it was just like on the website, on the blog spot, it was just kind of, hey, send me your like whatever's. I'll, I'll look at what you you guys are showing me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna send this to the guy and be like, hey, I did these paintings and they're limited edition and they're on Etsy. So if you like them, please put them on your blog. So he wrote back and said, these are great. I'm gonna put them on the blog tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool, thank you. And then boom, like I, I had no idea how popular his blog was. So of course, everybody started emailing me and said, hey, do you have any more in stock? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, they're sold out. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> so then I just kind of like, it was then that I think Marvel or DC kind of said, hey, what's going on over here? You can't be selling this. Yeah, that would so, have been my question eventually. Yeah, yeah it was, a, it, it popped up, it came up, they saw me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew, I mean, by then everything had sold out, but, but I knew that if they saw me, that it was a, it was a big deal. So the same day I went, I got super emo friends.com, everything super emo friends. Like, like, okay, this is real. I have to like, I have to figure this out and take this seriously. So, um, I just started painting more stuff. Yeah. What happened with uh, Marvel and DC? They send you a cease and desist order? Or? Uh, well, the way it works on there is that they usually go to Etsy and they say, hey, your boy over here is selling something that he's not allowed to. And they're like, sorry, we'll, take, we'll tell him to take it down. Actually, we'll take it down for him and let him know that we took it down. So that was the message I got was Etsy being like, well, um, congrats on your sell out, but you know, Marvel saw that and they don't want you doing that again. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that's that makes sense. Um, so I, I kind of went underground for a little while and didn't really push the whole online uh Etsy store thing. And it, it has been dodging bullets a lot with um like what what is fair use what is my intellectual property? What is um, my concept? Like, what do I own? What do they own? And some of them are okay with it, actually. I had, Lucasfilm had reached out to me and to collaborate um, at oh. Star Wars Corporation. So, but, but they legally, they said, but we would end up like buying the art from you and you couldn't sell these designs anymore. And I said, well, yeah, but are you buying my concept of like super emo friends? So it got a little too complicated. And they said, well, this the event is coming up too soon. So we'll talk later. And then Disney bought them. So <laughs> it's all different now. <laughs> so how have you been managing, you know, because you are doing variations of uh, satire or whatever we can choose to call it of actually existing someone else's property yeah i i call it satire i market myself as a satir satirical artist mm -hmm. a cartoonist i'm not um i'm not necessarily producing it, it it really at the end of the day it comes down to competing with other 
um, people that, so like the Funko Pops came out after I had gone viral and it, I recognized that the little big head thing was just like, it's everywhere now. But when I came up with it, I was one of the only few people doing it. Um, I remember wanting big headed Spider-Man toys. I wanted big headed everything. And you could only find that stuff in Japan. You could only buy it off of eBay. Um, and then, you know, Funko Pop comes out and now everything is a big head. <laughs> and people look at my art and they're like, oh, you're just copying Funko. I'm like, I'm actually copying like Kawaii, like Funko just turned it into a whole other thing. But if anything, if I were to produce like a toy or anything on my own, like, and it happened with when I was working with Loot Crate, I produced a, a Stranger Things emo friend a toy. And then Funko made the same exact thing based on, you know, their design, but it was like the same thing. And I'm like, whoa this is weird so does that mean they like they win i guess so um if if i'm doing something that competes with another market like no only we can sell big-headed you know sad characters <laughs> um it's an interesting experience just trying to like uh differentiate for myself and and hold myself as not a corporation but as an artist and a, and a creator and you know like I'm a mom and pop essentially so uh, and my fans appreciate that and they support me and I, I have a small audience it's enough for me you know so I don't I don't need millions of followers and I don't need like everybody collecting me like Funkos and Beanie Babies. It would be nice, but um, that was never the agenda. I, I was just filling the demand. So is it enough have to, to live on? Well, yeah, at the, time, at the time. Um, well, what happened after going viral? Uh, I I still kept my job and I was painting more, but then mm. uh, then this was like 2012 that or 2010 or 11 a friend of mine said hey um i got a booth at a local comic con uh, it's called long beach comic con out out here in california and uh we i got us a table like all of us we can all show our art so it was like kind of like a kind of a gallery or a, a co-op of me and my friends and our art and we set up and I'm like, cool, this it was my first convention showing art at a convention. And I had like, you know, maybe I brought like 10 pieces, like 10 emo friends with me. So, oh, real quick, I know I had, had them limited on Etsy, but they were a different format. They were six by 12 prints. I had changed my print format to five by seven and started framing them and selling framed five by sevens. So by this time, uh, I brought framed five by sevens to the convention and they sold out in the, in the first half of the first day. And I was like, whoa, what is happening here? So from there, I just said, you know, like, let me, I split another table with somebody and I sold out. And then I said, you know, I'm getting my own table now. And I got to another convention. This one is in Anaheim called WonderCon. 
and uh, 2013, and I sold out every day. And I had to go buy more frames. I had to go home and print more art. And it was seriously a, a huge shock to me. I, I was just counting my earnings and just crying. I'm like, wow. this is real. They actually, this is really happening. <laughs> so um, that's when I, I said, okay, I'm going to sign up for another convention and I'm going to quit my job <laughs> and go to another convention and another convention. So uh, that's, that's what I did. I, I, I started traveling all of the, the country, mostly on the West Coast, but as I went to bigger shows like New York City and Chicago, um, and those, those were really profitable for me as well. So uh, it was just a whole miracle. And uh, I was doing that for about seven years and then COVID uh, shut it all down. I was, I was ready to go to Seattle for my annual big show in Seattle. And uh, that was the first event canceled in America for the, the COVID pandemic. Oh. So, yeah. And uh, so it, it all just kind of came to a halt and um, I, I kind of took a break and I started working in the yard and doing carpentry and, and all that kind of stuff. So Flipping yeah, I, I wanted, yeah, but you know, I, I, I survived, I, I have saved up plenty of money. And again, I, like I said, when COVID hit, I uh, went onto my Instagram and just said, Hey, I'm selling original paintings. Cause mm. why not? <laughs> so I've, I was selling those for about 300 each and there was a lot of them. So I like, kept myself fed during the pandemic with my paintings and uh it, it was great so like it's amazing yeah i'm glad i held on to them you know for a rainy day <laughs> um so now i'm just developing more into like well how do i make things that are you know it's kind of a weird thing it's almost i don't feel like it's an end of what i'm doing but it definitely it, I definitely took a different direction with my life because I was getting burnt out at the conventions, you know, I'd be at New York comic con again and everything was just like, uh, a, like groundhog day. Like it's on repeat, you know? And, and I'm like, this is great, but here's some more new art. I have new art here and there, but you know what it comes down to though, is I really, it's hard to find good source material um nowadays <laughs> it's like so um it's it's almost like contrived like is this any good because the art that i was doing before was based on like nostalgia and and things that are really like people all love and recognize and now you know 10 12 years later it's a different playing field every, every, there's so much media there's so many characters so I do this, uh, I, I'm on this pop shop live app and I went on a couple nights ago and said, okay guys, I'll paint any characters you want. And like this one girl's like, here, can you paint these characters? And I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> like, oh, it's a webtoon. And I'm like, wow, there's just so much out there now. It's hard for me to, to even pick and choose. And my, my love of Star Wars has waned so much, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. how many, how many more Star Wars paintings can I do? <laughs> but, um, 
so yeah it's like a it's a it's an evolution but it, it's a you can always you know nostalgia is big you can do like x files or you can do creators yeah. do spielberg and lucas and uh you know not, yeah yeah definitely the stuff that stands the test of time is kind yeah. of where where i i focus my art but my most uh popular design recently is from the office i don't know if you've seen the office yeah, yeah. but there's just this simple moment of uh kevin the the um the guy spilling his chili beans and I just drew a design of that. And I mean, that thing has gone viral many times in the past couple of years. And um, I, I sell pins. I sell out of those pins all the time. People are pirating my design. And I'm actually like just filling out a licensing agreement now with somebody who was using my design without, you know, they didn't know they, they that it was a stolen design. And so, you know, it's just like the, these weird kind of like grievances of a successful designer, you know? Yeah, when like, people are copying you. Uh, yeah, they're they, stealing my designs, making money off of my art, yeah. And so it, it's like a bittersweetness, you know? I'm like, well, it, it's flattering, but oh my God, I don't want to be up writing licensing agreements right now. <laughs> it's like one time, a long time ago, uh, after I think my second or third book was published, a friend called me and said with a screenshot and said, hey, your book's on torrent. And oh, so happy, so happy, you know. <laughs> yes, successful enough to be stolen, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I guess that means I'm, somebody likes me. <laughs> so yeah, that that's just kind of where things are at with the uh, super emo friends and there are there are a couple conventions that are outdoor um, that I go to like little art fairs, and uh, I've been I've been successful at those. We we recently had a um, San Diego Comic Con out here that I went to, and that was successful. Um, so they they still they still feed me, and they're still um, keeping me uh, going. But I I also realize like. Well, you know, I should I should really figure out what else I can do for for finances. And you know, Super Emo Friends is one of my assets. They they're always going to be there. They're always people are always going to buy them and love them. And and uh, I'm not going to like stop. But mm. I definitely it, it, it after after 12 years, you know, <laughs> I, I I tell people like I've never had I've never worked anywhere this long in my life. <laughs> So packing orders and designing stuff and helping other people like launch their brands too is, is, has been fun. And, um, but yeah, the, the whole journey of just like going city to city and selling out and, and amassing like a fan base and, and it, it's really an awesome experience and I'm really grateful that it, it all happened. And again, it, I had no intention of being successful when I, when I painted that Batman. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea I was going to be able to quit my job and travel the country making people uh, laugh and cry. <laughs> um, I have a few questions. Like, um, by the way, if you always sell out. I don't know if you do that, but that's the sign to raise your prices a bit. 
Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that was that I made a lot of foolish business mistakes along the way. <laughs> it's not too late. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like how do you help people um, launch their uh, business? Like you said. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's as simple as hey, where do you get your pins and stickers, and what kind of like oh. shipping labels do you use, and and what conventions should I go to, and and you know it's like. Um, kind of just giving my advice I I, I, uh, I look at what they're working on and be like you know I've seen somebody do this before how can you do it differently or you know like oh this is this is an example of like something I wish I could do you know like so giving people like the ideas that I would have if I was in their shoes and see if it does anything for them but a lot of the resources, uh, you know, like when I, when I tour and I'm in other cities, I see a lot of the familiar uh, other convention artists that we all kind of just hit the road together. And, and, uh, and you know, there's a, a, a small handful of them like, hey, where do we eat? Like, you know where all the best food is at. And I'm like, awesome. Thanks for asking me that because yes, I take pride in knowing where to eat, but I don't want the place to be packed when I get there, <laughs> you know? So it's just kind of like um, knowing the ins and outs and the who's and what's. So like anybody that wants to be successful in, in having a little brand and doing little conventions and stuff, like um, I, I'm always happy to just tell them like what my experience has been and what I, what I think. All right. I thought you, what you meant was, uh, you know, people say, I'm about to launch a new comic book. Can you do like special art for it? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, that happens here and there. I actually did one for somebody that is doing a graphic novel and she's just kind of blasting. It's called uh, uh, Latina Superheroes. It was on and the show, Caden Phoenix. Yeah, she she wants to develop a, a whole... Uh, you know, series and, and everything. So yeah, mm -hmm. Kate reached out to me and said, hey, can you make super emo friends with my characters and we can uh, make some NFTs with them. So I was like, sure, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still painting. So, <laughs> so that worked out. And occasionally, you know, like, I, I don't know if you remember or heard of the company called Loot Crate, but um, no. I, was, I was kind of like a big... Um, a kind of piece of merchandise that they had they were like a subscription-based geek delivery package with a bunch of geekery in it and uh, they're like well we want you to design a t-shirt and we want you to design a, a sweater and design these dolls and design these toys so they were really like pushing my brand and mm -hmm. uh really really developing product but um it, it, they, their company was mismanaged and uh, everything kind of just fell apart and they went bankrupt and all sorts of, you know, it, it was a very super emo experience <laughs> coming out of that. But the beginning of it was great. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've always collaborated with um, doing commissions. People were just, I had a guy like, hey, um, I want emo friends of my my wedding party, like my groomsmen, like all, all, everyone at my wedding needs to have an emo friend. So I was like, whoa, this is cool. 
So things like that, yeah, I'm I'm always I'm always open to. Interesting. That's cool. Is there anything uh, you wanted to say that we didn't cover? Um, well, uh, I mean, who's the audience? <laughs> what, what do they want to know? Like, it's uh, fat geek fans and geek creators, you know, in the geek. Yeah, I, I uh, there's so much geekery. I mean, I, I am a film nerd, and that's really the heart of my art is just like um, social and film criticism through you know popular culture and uh i i really i think it's fun to to use fictional characters to connect us with actual emotions and and that was the other aspect of my art was that a uh, a therapist uh reached out to me and said hey your art is hanging up in my in my um my office and a lot of my patients, especially the young kids, really connect with the paintings and, yeah. and uh, the expression of feelings. And, and that just blew my mind. I was like, whoa, like I was kind of, you know, like kind of being like silly and making fun of sad characters. But at the same time, it like normalizes and depression and and talks about the issues of like, well, what, what does this person feel? And, and how do you feel? And what do you think Spider-Man would feel? And oh. so like getting into this realm of, of, of connecting people and mental health through my art is the other kind of like, it's just something I wanna explore a little bit more. So on my Instagram, I'm trying to put more like stories that are like mental health, like little memes and stuff like that. So that there is a connection about like, you know what, like our mental health is, is really important to us here at Super Emo Friends, you know? So like, let's acknowledge that sometimes we're gonna be sad and how do we manage uh, the sadness? So it's been great because everybody that collects my art and everybody that I've ever met is just, they just love it so much. They like love it more than I do. And, and it's just like, wow, this is such a great feeling to have. I've never met anybody that was like, you know, any job you work at, you're going to like hate your boss or you're going to hate the customers or something is just like, Oh, this is the worst. <laughs> and that never happened with uh with the super emo friends i only got like people that were just genuinely nice and caring and and it i just feel lucky that 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 the audience is just kind of like built into this uh connection with with their mental health and emotional health you know so that's that's a a market that when i think about it, it's like well if I'm going to make money off of helping people like with their mental health, like how do I do this? So far it's just laughter. Mm -hmm. but, and I'm not like, I'm not like educated in any way to like help anybody with their depression, but my art is somewhere in that world. So that's, well, that's the, the, the therapist did a really smart thing because we, our brain works in a way that mirrors emotions. So people who are, who have, especially kids, who find it really hard to connect to their own emotions, to face them, if they see an emotion, that emotion is mirrored inside their head. 
Uh, yeah. That's a, you know, it's a human thing. I think it's called mirror neurons or something. And yeah. um, it helps them face emotions that they don't want to face, which is important. Yeah, it, it's funny because when I, when I first started drawing the characters, I was kind of burnt out on the superhero as the big buff, um, you know, aggro um, character. I was like, everybody thinks they're so cool and so buff and everything, but I want to see them like just cute and cuddly and, and um, vulnerable. So that, that's something that just back then, you know, 10 years ago, that wasn't really a visual. In fact, when approaching like Marvel, and I, I heard this story somewhere along the lines of like, Marvel just didn't want to do that chibi, big headed, cutesy thing because they're like, no, these are heroes. Like they need to be heroic. They need to be like Greek God, you know, like we want, we want statues of these things. So they eventually like folded and now you see the Funko Pops, but, um, and all manner of cutesiness. But uh, back then it, it was very anti, like, no, this is like for dudes and buff bros, you know what I mean? So like, it, it's nice to see the culture kind of bend a little bit into the softer side of things. And uh, everything's, super emo now like the the new spider-man film it's like every marvel disney film is like we have to get them to cry somehow <laughs> like we gotta have super emotional moments in these movies so uh and and they've gotten if you watch the first spider-man and you watch the this most recent spider-man it's just like night and day on how emotional things have become <laughs> yeah well that's because kevin feige is working hard on making it human well, yeah, yeah. Kevin Feige stuff is. Yeah, but... and I, I feel like my my work is has been part of that wave, you know. Same mm. same thing with the with the Funko Pops, the cutesiness of that. It's like, I, we were like part of this wave of of changing the the the, the audience um, kind of parameters for this this uh, properties, you know. It's like, how do we make girls like Spider-Man? How do we make girls like Star Wars? Kind of stuff like that. Mm. And it's like, oh, feelings, emotions. Um, <laughs> not just explosions and, and monologuing villains. <laughs> so it, it's been, it's, it's cool, yeah. And, and we, should, I like we should also remember like the original Spider-Man was... Uh, was lanky and wasn't muscular. He was, a, you know, yeah. just a geeky kid. Got powers. Yeah. Superman doesn't need his muscles, right? Right. Uh, you know, that's not why he's strong. <laughs> yeah, but I, I took a lot of. Well, I was drawing a lot of comics back in the day. And it's like, put on more muscles. And I grew up during the He-Man era too. More muscles. More muscles. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, my art is like no muscles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, so that's that's about it. Like I'm excited for what comes next with the art. Like uh, the the COVID had me kind of in a in a, a little hibernation in a sense, a, a slow growth. Not a lot of not a lot of sun shining on the mm -hmm. garden. But uh, you know, this interview I'm, I'm really grateful to have, and because it, it gets me 
back to work essentially you know like oh yeah the emo friends yeah people like them i should make more of them <laughs> cool nice where can people find you check me out at super emo friends on instagram also i guess there's a facebook i guess the website is my portfolio essentially i call it the gallery of grief where you can see all the work and then you can go to my etsy store under super emo friends and um the way it works is you you just say oh i'm gonna buy a framed print that i saw in the gallery of grief so i had to move basically all the visual art off oh. of so you can't like go on there and look for batman and be like okay i'm buying batman you you buy the frame and then you message me like hey uh i want batman <laughs> and and that's how it works so mm. that's been a huge pain uh for my online sales because people you know that's an extra step that they have to do and some people don't get it to just come and see and uh... yeah they're like i don't see any art here <laughs> so um yeah it, but but again like at least it's the least I can do without getting any sort of, you know, intellectual property, uh, lawyer cease and desist problems. So I, I just like, you know, it's fine. Like I'm not, I'm not trying that hard to um, sell these things right now and going to conventions and, and events again, it's like nice to just be in a public space and meet people and, and talk about the art and see their reactions. That's really the, the, the best thing about it is, is seeing everyone's reactions. And, and every kid is like, why are they sad? And they're just like uh -huh. trying to understand. <laughs> like, there's no other characters anywhere in the convention that are sad like this. Like mm -hmm. what is going on over here? <laughs> But so, it's also funny. Yeah. But they don't understand the humor because they can't read the jokes and the jokes are so um, so the parents always have to be like uh you're too young to understand <laughs> you know like it's it's always like just trippy and uh yeah i i have a lot of fun with it and one of the best things that happened during this time it was like making business cards and all that i i remembered in in Japan, I was once handed a pack of tissues with an ad for like an arcade on it. And I was like, what is this? This is advertising here? Like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And then it just hit me one day, like, I need to put emo friends on tissue packs. Like, I have a tissue pack that has my website on it. That makes perfect sense. So I Wait, started to explain that to me. Well, so I went to, uh, there's factories in Asia that produce um, individual packets of tissue, you know, for your tears or your nose or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so they, but they can brand it. So they can put your designs, you can put your art, they can put your logos and websites and all that stuff on there. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. <laughs> so I ordered like 5,000 packs of tissue but I'll say super emo friends on it. Mm -hmm. And I would just take them with me to every city and just hand them out at my booth. They're like, do you have a card? And I'm like, I have something better for you. And I give them a bag of tissue. And they're like, oh my 
god this is so great thank you so it's like that reaction you know like man i handed out so many business cards that people just never see them again right. and now you hand them a pack of tissue and they come by me they, they're like i still have that pack of tissues and i'm like that's what i'm talking about you know like this is marketing baby <laughs> but the the idea of like it says on the tissue pack tissues issues and it's just my art well it says what tissues it says tissues for your issues oh <laughs> so people just get a they just laugh so much at my at my table you know like and if they're crying or if they're like oh my god i'm gonna cry i'm like i got a pack of tissues right here for you and it, it's just it's just funny to see them their their minds just like they just blow their mind and they're like what <laughs> so for me yeah it's it's fun it, the the art is the event you know mm -hmm. experience with the person and the art for me so i i just say yeah they're like what is this art i'm like it's kind of a social experiment really <laughs> Like, how are you going to react to it? How is that person going to react to it? And the people that don't react just walk away. It's great. I don't have to waste my time trying to sell it to anybody. Hmm. People that just like hover over it and they bring their friends over and they buy more and they get gifts for people. And they're like, I know somebody that love this kind of shit. This is dark. I love it. And it's like, sweet, cool. I'm glad that I'm here for it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, it's very, very good energy. And who, who knew like sad characters would make so many people happy. You know, that's a perfect ending. Let's end on that. Uh, end on that sentence. Cut. Cut. All right. That was perfect. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's always fun to tell the story again, and it's nice to meet you. I I uh, I checked out your site, and I was listening to every other podcast, and so I was like, oh, this is cool. So I appreciate what you're doing. How did how did you uh, how long have you been doing this? Well, this is I think three, I think it's four months, five months, right? Oh, okay. Sixty something. I'm go showing for three times a week, but I'm doing it all alone. So it's like an average of two a week if you count the weeks I'm missing stuff. No, um, that's yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. I, it's uh, it's been fun for you. I, I is there something you're trying to get out of it or? Uh, well, always. I I don't even remember the original thought of making it, but the second I started, it became clear to me that there are so many personal stories. Yeah. Uh, of people that I will never get to meet otherwise. It's like, oh, wow. it's like I'm an introvert. I sit at home and suddenly I get to talk to that author and that, but, you know, and everyone has their own thing. You have your own thing and everyone has their story. And for me, it's just a way to, to get outside my home, just meet people around the world. That's awesome. Uh, oh, it's called Gigdom in Power because what it comes out as is geek, geeks who are empowered by the geekiness. I also meant it to be that the, our own geek empowers us because we're obsessed about stuff. And yeah. Find examples of that. Uh, but it's, you know, I'm enjoying it and the people who connect to it. And uh, 
it is at the end of the day, like I say, if you listen to the thing, it's, I think it eventually makes us all feel as part of the same world. We are all connected, regardless yeah. of race, country, um, you know, um, gender, whatever. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Uh, have a it's night, right? Have a good night. Oh yes, it's time for bedtime. <laughs> I'm just starting my day. <laughs> I know, right? Just yeah. Waking up. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Guy. Thank uh, you. Thanks so much to Jay Salvador. Check out all of his links in the show notes. Now, next time, because there's always a next time, we're going to talk to a person with a completely different approach to life and to creating things different from all the 67 episodes that have been published so far. So stick around for that. Now, the rest of what I say, I usually record anew every time, but because I'm not that well uh, and my voice isn't that uh, hot, I'm going to use a recording from the past, from the 50s. Now, what did you think about this episode? Email me at guy.hasson, which is spelled H-A-S-O-N, at geekdomimpowers.com. The website is geekdomimpowers.com on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're at geekdomimpowers. If you want to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Diaries, my own indie thing. Uh, it is unlike anything you've ever read or heard and whatever you imagine that to be. When I said that, it's not that. So feel free to check that out, The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time, and for now, have an empowered day.